As we continue our study in Galatians, we're looking at Paul's autobiographical section from chapter 1, verse 13, all the way to the end of chapter 2. And this is one of his most autobiographical sections of all of his letters, so there's a tremendous amount we can learn from it. And one of the things we've seen, one of the key things that we've seen, that Paul is intent to show that his great failures of persecuting the church didn't disqualify him from grace, and his incredible successes in Judaism didn't merit it. But it was all a gift, and it was a gift that was orchestrated and began even before he was born. And as you move through this section, one of the things you have to try and do is put together the timeline, and it can be kind of hard to trace, but if you're using um, a Bible, especially like the New American Standard, you can really read through and mark the words, then. You'll see that, then this, then this, then. And then in chapter 2, it moves to but, but, but. You see that it begins almost at each verse as it moves into the conflict. But one of the things we'll see is roughly Paul, after his Damascus Road experience, spent three years in Arabia, then 15 days with Peter, and then 14 years in Syria and Cilicia. And so you have, it's covering, this short section is covering 17 years 
of his life. It might be worth just pondering the fact that Paul, after his conversion, called a ministry, spent 17 years in what they would consider kind of unglamorous backwater places doing ministry, being faithful, preaching the gospel. He didn't go to Jerusalem. He didn't go to Antioch. He didn't go to those city centers in the beginning. It was 17 years formation, preparation, doing ministry in a small scale before he launched out on a much grander missionary endeavors. And he's arguing that those pillars of the church, James, Peter, John, played no role in his call to be an apostle or educating him in the core content of the gospel, and that the elements of his vocation, they came from God. And this limited contact with the pillars proved that his message was from God. And it summarizes in verse 24, which acts as a very helpful summary of this whole section. You know, it's one of the things when you're reading Paul's letters, sometimes his arguments can become dense and confusing. And one of the great strategies is to find the summary sentence. He almost always will have the summary sentence. And in our kind of modern translations, many times it's the last verse in a chapter. And you read the summary and you think, ah, that was the point of this whole section. Now let me go back and figure out how everything is building up to that. Because that's the answer. That's the point. You know, it kind of reminds me when I was in eighth grade and started pre-algebra and was anxious. And I remember several wise ninth graders who had passed through the trials of pre-algebra comforted me by saying, don't worry, it's so easy. All the answers are in the back of the book. You just turn there and look. It's the easiest thing in the world. Now, that was a comfort to know the answers were right there. Now, we might have sidestepped the actual intent of learning pre-algebra, but One of the great things about reading Paul, not that it's so easy, but often the answers are right there in the back. He gives it to you at the end. That's the summary. And verse 24 is the summary of this whole section. And they praised or they glorify God because of me. This is why he's telling his story. John Chrysostom on this says that he does not say they marveled at me or they praised me or they were struck with admiration for me, but he attributes it all to grace. They glorified God. God because of me. And that's the goal. That's the point. That's why Paul is telling his story. Paul doesn't want the attention to go to him. He wants it to go to God. And so this is a helpful reminder that Christian history is full of dramatic stories from many different cultures of God's transforming power. Some of my heroes like Augustine, Francis of Assisi, Martin Luther, John Wesley, many, many others of dramatic conversion. And Paul makes clear in other places that he saw all types of accounts of how God worked in these remarkable ways. And if you grew up in a tradition like I did, in our Southern Baptist tradition of the centrality of telling testimonies of how the Lord has changed you, you understand how powerful those things can be. But here we get a helpful reminder that when in telling such stories, the goal is to bring attention and glory to God, not the central character of the story, not as their, not to their skill of storytelling or to the dramatic nature of the conversion. And so here in Galatians 1, 18 through 24, we have two cautionary notes about retelling our stories of God's work. 
first it's important to be sure that these stories are accurate. That's why Paul uses the word then, then, then I did this. You can see the precision which he wants to tell the story. Even though, I mean, he's summarizing 17 years in a few short sentences. So he's having to condense a tremendous amount of material. Still want it to be accurate. And you see that. He's even willing in verse 20 to call God to be his witness as he's relating this account. So he wants to get the story right and avoid exaggeration. But in second, it's important to notice the doctrinal implications of such stories. Because it's possible for Satan to mimic God's actions in an effort to deceive God's people. That's his key strategy. So here, Paul is careful to show that although no human being played a hand in his conversion and call, other believers, such as Peter and James and the pillars and the churches of Judea, they heard the story, they agreed that it was true, and they glorified God for what he had done in Paul. So our Christian storytelling, as we, tell our, as we testify, give our testimonies, tell our story, is both necessary and helpful for the growth of the worship of the church. Few things can encourage you quite like hearing the way God has worked in the lives of other people. Even so, we should exercise discernment in producing and listening to such stories. The goal of these stories, like all, the goal is the glory of God and the good of his people. And the beauty is we serve such a mighty, powerful, extraordinary God, we don't need to exaggerate. His works are unbelievable in their own right. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son,